Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Star Piece, part of GoCast Podcast, where we get to know your favorite uh, personalities and leaders in the world of Pokemon Go just a little bit better. Uh, I'm your host, Chris, and I now I get to say, as always, because now we're establishing a bit of a pattern, my co-host, Lachlan. Is that me? Oh, hello. I, gosh, I hope so. Otherwise, I'm, I missed something along the way, but I, I think so. Can you reassure me? Are you, in, in fact, Lachlan? Yes, I still have a pulse. I think that's I'm great. Yep. That's great. Well, geez, let's not get into the philosophical argument of after that <laughs> ends, if you're still Lachlan or not. Anyway, speaking of deep thoughts and good conversations, <laughs> we've got our second uh, guest here today, Alfindial. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you two? Doing great. Very happy. Yeah. Well, it yeah. feels like I've just spent the last five hours with you, Alfindial, because I woke up very early this morning and then my phone goes, beep, alfindial has gone live. And I'm like, why not? Why not? You know, just just keep the party rolling, right? What else That's do you right. do at five AM? <laughs> sleep. The answer is sleep. <laughs> Pre-game and interview podcast. That's five there hours from then, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we really get started here, I mean, I suppose it is also sort of the the general purpose first question. But Alfindiel, what is your deal, man? And I don't mean that in a in a really standoffish way. It could be whatever you're looking for. Well, I was about to say, I'm like, wow, I, I mean, I could I could pull out a dossier for my shrink, but I don't know that that's really what this is about. <laughs> it could um, be. <laughs> what is my deal? Uh, well, my deal is that uh, I'm a uh, I'm an adult man who plays Pokemon on the Internet for money. I mean, <gasps> at the end of the day, I guess that that's I guess dream. that's my <laughs> I guess that's my deal. Uh, I am living the I'm living the life that 12 uh, year old me would have really liked to live if this was an option for 12 year old me but and i'm too old for that to be the case i love it is that just pokemon go or do you branch out to the other games because i did see you doing a little bit of variety with some scarlet and violet today well yeah i've been playing i've been, i've streamed other stuff um I, I do usually stream a little bit of like periphery pokemon content i'll usually play the the main series games when they come out i've played like pinball in the old tcg oh, yeah. game um i've i've streamed some non-pokemon stuff too i did a stardew valley playthrough like a couple years back um played some animal crossing when that was the big the big thing i'm, I'm kind of into comfy cozy like simulation style games uh on the side it's something that i i enjoy but uh yeah mostly just have been playing pokemon go and primarily just doing pvp 90 percent of my streams since i started um and have mostly sort of taken that from when before we had a gbl and a way to play people on stream to now where you know we can actually queue up and stream like regular competitive gamers um 
having the ability to like queue into random battles is something that when I first started didn't exist and has been it's it's real nice if you uh, were struggling to find content, you now have a pretty reliable way to find some of it. Yeah, I mean, I remember back in the those early days, I think the interview that we have with you on GoCast proper was prior to GBL. Um, and you were really quite uh, creative with the sorts of things you did. You did like a, a lot of like co-streams and invented games and stuff to play. Um, so really quick, though, before I ask you all about that, uh, when we say that you're streaming online, we we mean Twitch in particular, right? <laughs> yes, I, okay. I, I do have a YouTube channel. I do. I do put stuff up, which and is you primarily, on X.com. Uh, I mean, I have you could find me on uh, X slash formerly uh, known as Twitter or really any platform. I have an Instagram. I think mm-hmm. I have a TikTok that I don't really upload too much, but like every platform, basically, you'll find me. Uh, under the the Alfindial uh, banner, given that it's a nonsense word, so no one's ever taken it. If you just Google search Alfindial, anything you find is going to be me, <laughs> which so, is maybe not the best thing to tell everybody, but it is true. Was it like a RuneScape name or something back in the day you made up? Where did where did this it, come from? It was the name of my first Dungeons and Dragons character. I was so close, man. You were very close. <laughs> it's, it's literally just you did what every middle school kid who needed Dungeons and Dragons names did. You opened up Lord of the Rings, you found a name, and then you changed some letters. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out that was a pretty surefire way to come up with something that wasn't being used anywhere. And, you know, over the years, it just became like, well, I don't want to think about a username that's like, oh, that's taken. Oh, that's taken. Screw it. This is never taken on any platform. So I'll just use it. And uh, I regret it every day because it's irritating <laughs> to pronounce and I have to spell it for people like, oh, you make YouTube videos. What's your YouTube channel? I'm like, mm. give me a pencil or a pen or something. I have to like write it down. And the shorthand version, Alf, is synonymous with a Muppet that's before our time. True. True. Yep. An acronym for alien life form. That's right. <laughs> Beloved. That's though, always taken. So that's good. Beloved. Despite I didn't his... actually know that's what Alf stood for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he eats cats. He's an alien life form. This is He's the back, Australian in me. This is the Australian in me. It's okay. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we can talk about the Noid too and really throw you for oh a loop. Oh God! <laughs> All right. Anyway, bringing it back. So yeah, you were, yeah. were doing uh, really creative stuff prior to GBL having matchmaking, just kind of ready at your fingertips for a stream. So do you want to share some of that with us? I mean, you had quite the library of activities, uh, but like, what yeah. were your favorite ones? Yeah, I mean, the uh, the the old the old rhythm was kind of funky because, you know, we're talking late 2019. So sort of about a year into PVP, we there's obviously established communities at that point. You know, we had um, uh, an established online community where we were doing tournaments and there was a good sort of uh, there was some interest brewing, but not really anything that had brought us all together. Uh, alt. So we would do a lot of, um, at the time, the auto-recommended function worked really well um, and would pick a very narrow selection, of, but random. Um, and so that was pretty much, for many of us, was what we did. I, there were streams where I probably did four to five hours of random battle, auto-recommended random battles with viewers, which at the time did require you to be friends for 30 days. So a lot of times when I started, I, I didn't have too many people on my friends list 
so there was this whole thing where like, oh yeah, add me, and then we have to interact for thirty straight days, yeah. and then we'll be able to battle on stream. Yeah, it's not even that the it's number, just thirty days. Yeah. You had to do it every day. Right. And some people just can't do it, myself included. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Oh man, but it was like a whole a whole like. <laughs> I remember we used to like celebrate battle day for people and be like, oh, it's your day you get to battle, and we yeah. would like finally do it, but it would take a month. <laughs> so it was like I found your stream. It was cool. We should battle. It's like cool. See, See you, you in a month. month. <laughs> and um you know we did a lot of that i i set up like a randomized theme wheel that has you know stupid uh ideas on it which range from stuff like you know we were doing stuff like um you know psychic cup well before that like oh only psychic type of, but we also would do like really really off the wall stuff and there would be things like uh you know pokemon you could eat or uh pokemon that look like pillows um and so we would have like a combination of like sort of like standard construction stuff and then we'd have like really off the wall sort of stupid themes and it would give you kind of an excuse to like throw down in a battle with pokemon that you wouldn't normally use and so you know because at the time your content competitively was just sylph we would do sylph practice battles usually like when a new format would come out and stuff we'd be like hey you know the next format is this let's pr- do practice battles together and learn a little bit and talk about it but you could only do that so much before you would get bored of it to an extent or like you kind of have it where you're happy so that was where we sort of started coming up with a lot of these really silly ideas the only one that's really persisted like we still do uh we still do these battles like i will do viewer battles on occasion the only one that's persisted is is trade wars which is the 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 trading slash drinking game stream that we came up with where we just arbitrarily assigned points to various appraisals and so we just max out our trades and just keep track of the star ratings of each of the trades and one of us wins i love the trade wars streams and it's actually my favorite one of your vods to go back and watch because you'll often start the trade wars a little later in the day so Mm. i can jump in and sometimes catch the end of it uh, as i'm waking up and having breakfast but if i'm just looking for some sort of podcast-esque content and i've run drive the the plethora of podcasts that we have in the space now i will pull up a vod of your trade wars and just play it when i'm driving around doing a spotlight hour or doing a random grind as events like to start at the end of the week now or just things like that and it's just it's good Mm -hmm. content to have on and have a bit of fun and it might not be suitable for all ages all of the time just for our family listening at home. But (laughs) if mum and dad or aunt and uncle or mum and mum or dad and dad or whatever your family structure is like want to listen to something a little bit more fun, definitely recommend it. Yeah, and it's it's it but one of the reasons that I really enjoy it as much as I do is because it it's something I can't do alone. Um so much of, of streaming, yeah, there's people in chat and stuff, but like so much of it is solo. It's really cool that those uh, have been something that our local community has always been excited about. So I've got a couple local friends who will I need a trading partner, obviously. So I'll always have a guest on for those. And we've got sort of a rotating crew of um, of locals who are, you know, have have great personalities of their own, but don't want to they don't want to stream. They have no interest in creating content, but they like coming on once or once or twice a month and and being a part of it and it's a lot of fun and it's it's just an extension of what we do as a local community by default Hmm. you know after community day we all sat down you know we we sat down for food got some drinks and maxed out our trades and it's something that we just do after events we've always done it 
and it's fun to be able to brag about winning a trade wars which there's nothing to brag about it's random <laughs> that doesn't it's change like the fact the that I, I have i have a disproportionately high win rate on trade wars despite the fact that it's random i don't know why i just do <laughs> maybe it's because you're in them every time so statistically speaking well, you have the better chance of rolling the better numbers more often you would think but i have for example because we actually have a spreadsheet that tracks every single trade wars we've ever done. Oh my I have a gosh. community member who has oh. just been logging all of them. Every bit of stats she can find, everything. Wait, who is and, this? Uh, it's uh, one of our community members. Her name is Zan, and she she's oh, okay. local as well. Okay. Um, it's, and not, it's not that community member, no. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> Although it's a, she it's seems a, to be everywhere. We know. Yes. <laughs> it's a person we know, and, and she's lovely. Uh, but she's been tracking them. And so we have, for example like a history of them and so like for example i have like three of the top five ever highest scores which makes sense because i'm on all the time i also don't have any of the lowest scores though oh okay so like i just do disproportionately well um mm. you would think that i would have leveled out because i'm on all of them right my scores should be as close to average as possible but i'm still like in most metrics doing better than people who are on less frequently uh, uh, bless right <laughs> You know, I'm just I'm just absolutely blessed uh, on trade wars, apparently. So what people don't know is that you're actually on a five minute delay on stream and you can edit these things (laughs) on the go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm just splicing in better uh, Pokemon on my end. It's it's very clever, but the trades are actually a video on my end. (laughs) I'm not actually doing anything. So what would be your like best received pokemon from a trade wars event and like also to you chris like what's the favorite like rarest thing you've got from a trade like stat wise so we've done we've we of of in the three or four years we've been doing this i guess it's four years now uh there has been three shundos and one of them is one of them the first one was mine and it's a i have a shundo level one jolteon that i got on a trade wars um unfortunately the others uh, i did not receive i gave away two i've given away a shundo turtwig um on a non-guaranteed lucky trade Mm. and i gave away a shundo corsalia (sighs) wow there's been some there's been some good there's been some real good trades, but there's been three Shundos. There's one person in our crew who has not yet received a Shundo. So we get to <laughs> we get to hold that over his head every time he's oh, on. Oh, no. Oh, like not even anything they can do about it. It's great. Right. <laughs> you were one IV point off giving me a Shundo when I um, tracked down your old apartment. <laughs> and I still have that 98% shiny jolty on the yeah. back. You gave me and, and Chris, you gave me a Hundo Pawnyard in New Pawnyard, York, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, have, I'll have you know, by the way, that I think you're one of maybe three people in the history of me playing this game and I've ever maxed out trades with <laughs> ever because you're like, hey, you want to trade? I'm like, no, in my brain. But I'm like, I'm going to say yes, because I, I want to. I want to Why want not? to, you know, <laughs> like just because like it's, it's the tedium in my ADHD. Yeah. Right. It's good practice to sort well, of like go through it. We but, get to do an actual factual non-ironic thanks Niantic because that trade war the trade animation speed up yeah is legitimately I I know there's a huge section of players who probably don't notice it because they're not inter- engaging with that feature every day but for someone like me who maxes out trades yeah. three or four times a week mm-hmm. 
it saves an immense amount of time. It is a great up update. Like, sure, yeah, would it be better to batch trade and all these other things? Yeah. But I'll take just a 50% increase in the speed of the trade. That's a that's a been a great update for for us locally. It's I really haven't traded since. Yeah, I've only heard good things. Oh, yeah, it's, so it good. still hurts me inside because sometimes it still goes through too fast. You have to, it gets traded mm. cooldown. I'm like, no, I'm, <laughs> yep. the trade's done. No, Let me back in. No, it's done. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to answer your question, Lachlan, before I forget, well, I don't have many trades because I just don't trade very, very much. I did get a lucky hundo. Um, Clefty uh, from Zoe Two Dots, who is also Pokedex. Yeah, it was in Seattle. Oh, yeah, I don't have to say anything. Why'd you even ask? You knew the answer because uh, you know <laughs> why. I, I said to Zoe when she was in Brisbane last, I said, "Ah, oh. so I'm, I'm thinking about doing this thing with Chris," and she said, "Oh, I love Chris. I gave him a <laughs> lucky Clefty." <laughs> Because people in the comments of that video were like, that Klefki guy was really happy. <laughs> but that's the first thing she thinks about when it comes to you, Chris. Good. That's fine. Hey, it's better than, ah, oh, man, I can't stand that guy. You know, like, yep. hey. <laughs> All right. So we, we've got a handle on on who you are, Ken, to a degree. Um, right. But but uh, I like the way that Lachlan wrote this in here. Why is Alfindial? Why? Yeah, what's the deal creator. here? <laughs> I mean, so if you go back like four billion years or so, there was some mm-hmm. sludge, and you know, <laughs> lo and behold, here we are. And, and but, somehow trade wars. It's <laughs> <laughs> about trade wars. I, I'm sure that whatever random force created this did not anticipate that uh, what 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 we would do. What we would do with our intelligence is this, but agency um, was a bad choice. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. It was. It was a mistake. Um. Yeah. Uh. Gosh. Uh. Why? Why? Why do I do this? Why? Why am I? Th- so, I have a background in bef- before all of this. Before like the before times. These, the before times. There was you time know, before one. The real. The before times in the sense of before COVID and before times before like Pokemon Go to an extent. My background is in is in live performance and marketing. Um, in particular, my career before all of this was in in bar trivia. I think we've talked about this before, but um, you know, I worked for a long time for a, a national company here in the states that does bar trivia, um, and so I've hosted trivia. I, I hosted a bar here in Seattle, which uh, a lot of folks came to for Go Fest. I've been there for almost ten years. Um, my ten year anniversary will be next year, which is rad. Um, and I was the, that company's marketing director. I kind of did a whole bunch of jobs for them, but like I have a theater background. Uh, I have a theater degree from, from university. Um, team theater I, I degree. Do, woo. Look how far we've come. Um, my teachers would be so proud. <laughs> Our mind right? is not proud. He's like, why aren't uh, you singing anymore? I'm like, it's a long story. Yeah. About that. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> no, none of my teachers ever thought I was going anywhere. So, um, <laughs> But, you know, I had that was my background. And, you know, I got into Pokemon Go the same way so many people did, which was I like Pokemon as a kid. Hadn't really kept up with it, but the game's on my phone now, so I'll try it. And of course, you know, hooked like everybody else, because it's just a great concept. And realistically, even when it's not executed perfectly, it's such a good concept that it just makes sense. When I walk around, I like to catch Pokemon. Duh. Um, and over time, like, like I do with everything, I got kind of hyper fixated on Pokemon go, um, and learned way too much about it and became kind of that guy locally that like, whenever anyone had a question, they would just ask me, I'm like, this guy guy knows, he'll know. 
Like even and to this so, day, I'll get asked questions like, "Oh, Lachlan, what's this feature?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> they put yeah, out a vlog two minutes ago. Can you just summarize yeah. it for me? And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I've certainly uh, not kept up with some of that stuff. But when when battling sort of showed up, I gave it a try and was like, "Oh, this is this is perfect. Like this is exactly what I like." And got very very into battling and then into the uh, the self community when they started talking about launching um the self arena um and our local group here uh was made up of folks we ran some of the very very first beta test self tournaments oh, um, cool. locally here and we were one of the first groups that like started running regular tournaments and we were pretty influential in like how that rule set came to be with a couple of our community organizers becoming uh main contributors to the um to the like the self rules team and stuff and that was really cool. And I was absolutely hooked on it. Um, I played a ton. Um, at that point, I, I joined Ghost Stadium, which was the only game in town when it came to remote tournaments at the time. Um, and just through that, met so many people and kind of fell into streaming from there. I mean, my first my first streams were all Ghost Stadium streams, essentially. Um, I was a producer with them for a while. I was on-air talent for them. And then at some point I was like, I should also stream on my own channel because why not? It'll be fun. And I got here and it was fun. It was like, yeah, this is cool. At that time, an average Twitch stream was like 25 viewers. Nobody was really successful in that space. There were basically no one streaming. And then GBL hit and then pandemic hit. I lost my job and here we are. <laughs> I I basically, you know, at that point things had sort of they had a pretty good trajectory. I was doing really well. Um, and with the pandemic kind of killing the industry that I worked full time in, it became time to like, well, I guess I'm going to give this the old college try when it comes to full time. And I've been essentially creating content full time since. Um, so now I think the next logical question is how is Elf Indio? Are you okay? <laughs> you you hear that I've been creating content full time for going on three years, and you're like, "Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay?" The pandemic <laughs> is <laughs> over. We can go outside again. Which is like sort of like an inside baseball sort of content creator question in a way, but also if you've been consuming content of any creator consistently for a number of years. At some point in time along the way, the I need to take a break or I'm burning out or something topic comes up. So I think regardless of where you come from, this is a good question, you know, keeping yeah. it together, holding it down over there. <laughs> yeah, I, ultimately, yes. I think like from a from a, a personal mental health, physical health standpoint, I'm good. A plus thumbs up like things are things are good. We've got uh, a lot going our way here locally. I think for me, the the biggest stuff right now when it comes to how am I is I'm not what I would call at peak in love with Pokemon Go right now. And especially not with with Go Battle League and the PvP scene. Um, it's not to say I don't still harbor great feelings of, you know, happiness sometimes. But there are a lot of days. I think anyone who's been watching my stream lately has has noticed that it's been quite a few days since the last time I did an entire day of GBL battles. Yep. And some of that is just, I it comes and goes in interest. And I'm the kind of person who will find an interest, hyper fixate, and then move on. Mm -hmm. 
I might not totally move away from something, but like my hyperfixation right now is not really on Pokemon Go PvP. It hasn't been for a while because I I definitely struggled uh, with it a little bit and just found that it was not necessarily the best for my mental health to be all in on it. Um, but realistically, this season of GBL is a little bit tiresome to me. Um, the formats have been not great and we've got nothing new really. And we've got kind of these long stretches. Like right now, I feel like we've just in a long lull where it was like, I've played the same, nothing I'm playing. It feels fresh right now. I'm really looking forward to Halloween cup when that drops because it'll feel different. Mm -hmm. Um, but like this stretch through like, sunshine cup and open leagues has been kind of exhausting <laughs> so i'm just happy they changed boom burst again <laughs> but you know what they haven't needed. done with boom burst thank you for just bringing it up Chris. there are still two pokemon that can learn boom burst in the main series games that they haven't given to it and go swallow <laughs> and chatot well oh they're, they're gonna they're gonna get justice them. for chatot justice for swallow we're gonna get full boom burst on everything but yeah, I would like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit at that point where I'm just a little, a little tired of, of playing the same stuff. Yeah. And this is kind of coming. Like I, I get a lot of questions about, I, I haven't really been participating in the play Pokemon circuit, which is exciting. And I'm so happy that we're on the world circuit, but I don't want to play open great league because open great league has, I know they've shifted it, but it's been open great league more or less the whole time and yeah. it's kind of been open great league before that too and yeah things change a little bit we get a new tool here or there yay glygar or something like that but at the end oh, of the day God, like which eh. <laughs> i just i find that at some point i need more novelty than purely open great league and i think that that's been a, a big factor in me not wanting to really dive into play events is simply put it regardless of the minor tweaks to the meta it's still just a format we've been playing metacham has been good on and off since i started playing pvp like i played a tournament in 2019 on the day metacham got power up punch and metacham was good and that was in 2019 it's been there the whole time right and some of these pokemon have come in and out but ultimately for the most part open great league has been kind of static the whole time and it it's kind of always going to be because you're limited by pokemon stats and typings and there's only so much you can do to really shake that up i don't even think it necessarily needs to be shaken up i just think as somebody who's seriously competitive i grow tired of the same thing over and over again and if i were to put in a pie in the sky wish list item for that a format that actually rotates or changes like you have in bgc when a new game comes out mm. not everything is legal all the time immediately mm-hmm. you play like a, a couple different limited formats leading up to what is eventually everything's fair game um i think play needs something like that um i think we need something where the format changes on occasion and gives you a reason to relearn some things and not necessarily just 
hey, I already know how some of these Pokemon play. Those are the matchups. Yeah, and I have them built because resources is such a huge yeah. thing when it comes to decision making with that, you know. So I, yeah, and, and I I I won't I won't discount the fact that Pokemon Go is built differently from these other games when it comes to what it takes to participate. It's the number one hurdle for new players getting into the game. But at the same time, like there's got to be a way that we can get we can get a format at the play Pokemon circuit that can include some Pokemon that are not the same 25 that we've seen over and over and over again for the last four years. Yeah. And as someone who is going to a second regionals uh, this November, because frankly, we've we've had three in Australia so far in two seasons. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty fortunate to be able to go to another one for Pokemon mm-hmm. Go. And we've nearly sold out on that. And the Brisbane community is really getting really excited for it because this is basically their first opportunity because the first one was sprung on them with two weeks notice. But (laughs) to prepare, I said, right, I'm going to try and do as many GBL Great League sets as I can when Great League's in rotation. Started the season off really strong. I got to 492 wins on that research. I'm still at 492 wins on that research. (laughs) Sunshine Cup, my ELO took a 500 point dive into the 1700s because Ultra League and Sunshine Cup, I said no. Got it back up with Master League and I'm like, okay, I just need a break from this. This is causing (laughs) unnecessary stress. I'll just rather open gifts from people. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Don't worry. I I mean, that's open Ken's gift. He's fine. He's good at gifting. No, we're one away from best. We have been for a while. We're doing like a a standoff. I don't care. You do whatever you want. I I just keep forgetting to talk to you about it. Hey, why don't you two both open your games right now and do a battle? While we talk about the next thing. No, we're not going to do a battle. What? I'm over my quota. I did a battle yesterday. I'm done for the year. There you go. But yeah, I I, I definitely talk about this a lot on stream. It's something that I I think is important for players to maybe understand is that fatigue is real. And like, if there's ever a time when battling isn't fun to you, stop battling. That's really it. Like, that's the end. That's the end end all be all of the whole thing. If this isn't fun, it's a game. And it should always in your brain. You could take it seriously. It's not wrong to enjoy dedicating yourself to getting better at a thing, right? I think sometimes like there's this weird thing where it's like, well, you either have to take it super seriously to the point that like it's rage inducing. I remember I I want to say it's a stupid uh, uh, what's his ninja quote where he's like, if you don't get mad mad when you lose a game that means you you're not you're, you're not serious about it you're not good enough yeah like, which is yeah. nonsense that's super unhealthy and not correct but at the other time there's also like when i say things like yeah like make sure you take your breaks and like if it doesn't feel fun if it's not then people will be like well but how am i supposed to get better i'm like no no you have to understand it's a balance right like understand yourself what you're getting out of it what you hope to get out of it and then make sure you're ha- developing a healthy relationship with it and I think that's a super important thing. And it's very easy for competitive minded people to lose track of their relationship with something. And that could apply and, to all of Pokemon Go. Like mm-hmm. if there's an event, you're just not vibing. It's okay to, I, I know it might hurt. It's okay to not play the game for a day. <laughs> Correct. It's okay to Literally miss that spin streak. Do not need streak. to log into Pokemon Go every day. If <laughs> you don't feel like logging into Pokemon Go every day, like, it's not going anywhere the game is the game is fine and it will be there when you're ready to come back to it i think more people i think if more people could really take an honest look at their relationship with pokemon go they probably would realize that there are elements of it that are less than healthy 
I, I've, I've said that before and I kind of stand by it. I know that mm. I'll get a, I'll get a few side eyes about it. But like ultimately, most of the behavior I see about Pokemon Go from players who play a lot borders on unhealthy and it yeah. veers into unhealthy a lot. Sometimes it's great, but it does veer that way. And I think most people could probably take a take a breath and think about, hey, what is my relationship with this game? What am I getting out of it? And should I consider figuring out how to do that? Because I think I see a lot of people playing the game and not having fun. It's an obligation. I, I found recently um, that I hit that breaking point. It was probably about six or seven, eight months ago. Um, and that's just where I was at in life. But I took the step back. I said to my friends, look, just for the next little while, if I'm by myself, I'm probably not going to open the game. So if you want me to open the game, we're playing it together. <laughs> so you just let me know what we're doing, where we're going, what park we're walking through, etc. Because for me, that's what I needed. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, especially now that we have the Go++ device, getting people back into that I'm always in the game mindset. Right. It's okay to leave it at home every now and again. It's mm-hmm. not the end of the world if you miss one night of sleep and don't get two extra buddy hearts. It's okay it's not and okay. Given given how many I need for that gold platinum medal, two buddy hearts a day would be awesome. <laughs> well, look, as as I've got friends who have that medal platinum and still do their buddies, and I'm sitting yep. here at 70 best buddies and I think that's a really good achievement Ugh. compared to 90% of players. Yep. And I just cycle yep. through two I, or three a day. I really think again, I think it's it's just about there's so much to do in Pokémon Go at this point and there's so many different ways to enjoy the game. That I personally think that what many players need to do is figure out which of those ways they actually like and then lean into them. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. This is this is this is a good segue to something I actually like about Pokemon Go uh, and is, uh, I think, a segue into a, a later question. So I'll just oh, do you're it. a professional. Um, oh, OK, so about a year and a half ago. So I, I love to travel. Travel has been my thing for a long time. And I was had a really good clip on traveling. I've been trying to get out and, and go to as many different countries as I can and that kind of and stuff. Spending as the many unique poker stops as possible. Well, we had we hadn't <laughs> we hadn't found that yet. I'd forgotten about that badge. Um, but after the pandemic wind down, the first trip I took was for the Safari Zone in Spain. Um, I'd never been to Seville, and I was like, well, shoot, like I want an excuse to travel. Been cooped up because of this pandemic thing. Let's go. And while I was on that trip, I was reminded that the game tracks the unique number of Pokestops you spun. And that's what the halo is. When you when you look around and you see a Pokestop with a halo, it means that you've never gone there. You've never spun that Pokestop. And while I was there, I, I was like, I'm like at 4,000 some unique Pokestops. Huh. That'd be cool to hit 5,000 while I'm here. I'm traveling. And I got really, really, really motivated. And in this case, what motivated meant was, hey, what if I explore these cities more? What if I go more places? And over the course of that trip, I kind of was like, this is like legitimately the most fun I've had playing Pokemon Go in a long time. And it sort of became a thing. Well, you know, maybe what I'll do is I'll I'll double this number by the end of the year. I'm at 4,000 some now. I'll, I'll get I'll get to 10,000 before the end of the year. That'll be a fun challenge. It'll be something to challenge myself to. So I did it. I made some videos about doing it as well. I, I, I did some travel videos where I focused on travel and food while, you know, spinning Pokestops and playing the game, which was really cool. 
and uh, you know had some good success. I I hit my goal and uh, took a little bit of break, and then I got to twenty twenty three and go, you know, that was really fun. What if I what if I go from from just over ten thousand to twenty five thousand in the next year? <laughs> Which has been really fun, but. <laughs> <laughs> might have been a little more than I uh, had anticipated. Um, I'm at 24,000 and change. I'll, I'll hit it when I'm in Mexico Ooh. City uh, at the end of that's, the month. That, that's just, just for reference, for those of you listening in the future, it's October 16th right now, date of recording. I, so. I thought it was the 17th. Uh, it, you know, it depends mm. on where you are, I suppose. <laughs> no, that, good, Time is good. relative. Was oh, no. oh, that why there's a time over again. there? So we've just done some brief time traveling. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I started the year around 13,000, I think. I I, I kind of smashed the goal the first year. It was much... I had a couple really big trips planned. And then uh, the real the real kicker this year, the, the, the I banked everything basically on Japan and while I was there. And so in the time that I was in Japan, I was there for just about two weeks. Um, I spun just about 5,000 new stocks, <laughs> which <laughs> was averaged out... To almost 500 unique stops a day for the entire duration of the trip in 90 plus degree weather with 90 plus degree humidity. So uh, I very nearly ran, like walked myself. So that for for those of you at home, that's cooler than I'm currently right now in this room. It was, yeah, (laughs) it was miserable, and I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, if if people are be watching the video version and watching me squirm around with one of my hands, this is another good reason to check out the video version on Spotify and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've got four different ice packs out of the freezer, which I'm just rotating through the back of my shirt. Sounds sounds lovely. They're it's, like battery it, packs. They are like it's battery nice packs. and cold and rainy here right now, so it's it's yep. definitely getting into fall winter weather in Seattle. So, how did New York compare after? um to the to the amount of unique stops that you got because new york is not a it's no slouch when it comes right. to pois so I'm, I'm really curious how much did you rack uh, up there new york was i was only in new york for th- thursday friday saturday like four whole days basically yeah. the uh the difference in new york compared to 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 japan one was the weather was much 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 better for play um, the biggest hurdle I ran into in Japan was never availability focus stops. I could always find a pocket of a, a big pocket of new stuff, especially given that I was spending time in big cities. Osaka, Tokyo, Kyoto were all big cities. Yeah. But the problem was I could not really play the game. Um, if I because I like to play on foot, one of the things that like I kind of this challenge for me is a lot of exploring and actually going. I could easily jump on like a bus and just let the bus drive me from one end of town to the other and spin everything along the way. And it would be better and faster. I've done it a couple times. Um, I did it one time in Singapore for that safari zone. It was a, a really crappy rainy day. And so I challenged myself to see how many unique stops I could spin without going outside. Singapore nice. has all these like crazy mall complexes and all yeah. that. So I like got into one of them and like walked around and then I got on a bus that drove me around. I, I spun like, 450 unique stops without getting outside without getting rained on basically and that was that was kind of fun but generally like one i didn't see a lot of the stuff that i explored like i was kind of on a bus or in a mall um and two like i don't know it just feels more like a challenge to actually do that walking 
Um, so in in Tokyo in Osaka, I did a lot of night like nights. Like it'd be like eight p.m. Sun's going down. I can go outside, and so I was really limited. Um, New York, the weather was beautiful, so I actually it got was. to play like all three Go Fest days. I played each one in kind of a different part of town. Um, and so those three days, I hit about the same number. I hit about 500 stops a day, mm. um, despite the fact that the density was not nearly the same, um, which has everything to do with sponsored stops. Japan has like three or four active sponsor uh, sponsor arrangements going on right now. And they just absolutely blow up the number of, of stops you see. Like if you see any of the screenshots that people took, like right from main Osaka area, if you look like. 60% of those are sponsored because they have a sponsorship with uh, a, a travel company or a bus company or something. And it's like just tons of those around where that train station is for some reason. And, uh, you know, that there's Family Mart and there's a couple other small sponsorships that just like I... allow you to have more stops per cell than you can in New York. Yeah. New York, every cell is full, but the only sponsorship is Starbucks. Basically. Yeah, but sp- sponsored stops bypass the limitations of the cells, right? They do. Uh, they and so if you to... have, they, oh. they well, um, they can. They started changing it recently, where mm-hmm. it doesn't. The sponsor stop um, sometimes makes the existing locations disappear, but uh, oh. say the ones that Niantic <laughs> will put up temporarily, interesting for an event. Those ones don't. But okay, uh, in areas which. Um, to, to quote a past life of mine, were manipulated by community members in the Wayfarer system. Sometimes the manipulations to those cells go away when a sponsored location comes into the mix. Hmm. To sort of okay. help balance out the playing yeah. field. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, Wayfarer. I had I actually, oh you know, I know, I know, I know submitting uh points of interest is currently a hot button issue but uh just to share while i was in uh i was in the netherlands recently my partner oh, so works you, for a company there you would have definitely had your nomination approved in the last couple of weeks yeah i know that's one of the reasons i did it but while i was in utrecht i was walking around and i saw i saw basically a memorial that was like this should be a poke stop i don't know why so i double checked like it's not even a point of interest like wow. it's it's yeah. insane so i submitted it and it got approved but just in case people are like, oh, don't submit. You'll, you're you not going to catch a ban for submitting a real thing. Just follow the steps. Oh, this should be a Pokestop. Is it in the system already? No? Sweet. Follow the instructions and submit. I don't I don't really know why uh, why people are... are uh, there's a, there's are, a better know, podcast uh, suited to answer those sorts of questions. <laughs> and if you want to learn the answers to that, definitely have a listen to Wayspotters. Uh, Chris, it's almost like, like I knew how to... Uh, it's almost like I knew how to segue you right into a plug. <laughs> I told you I'm in marketing. I'm not there anymore, but Chris and Jamal are doing a good job. And not this Chris, a different Chris. Different Chris. Different There's Chris. a lot of Chris. Good name. Good, good name. name. Um, They're good at podcasting. Yeah, That's what we've learned. Uh, th- wow. You know what? I, I like Chris. I think he's good. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think the, the short version is lots of misinformation mixed with people not knowing what they're doing. And, you know, whatever. (laughs) If it makes anyone feel any better, I am an idiot. And I successfully submitted a decent (laughs) point of interest while visiting Utrecht. So, you know what? If you see something out there that you think should be a point of interest, I promise you, if you just read and follow the instructions and submit it, the worst that'll happen is they say no. 
The best mm -hmm. thing to do is to actually read the help that pops up on screen. It's like yep. recently we had that timed research during Detective Pikachu, and because everyone just mashes through, they just saw <laughs> two Snivy Rowlet or Pseudo Widow. Yep. But if you read yep. what Willow was saying and you pick Pseudo Widow, you got re rewarded. So yep. there, there's this for everyone out there who just spams the text during a special research. Wait, because were you supposed to, to choose Pseudo Widow to get yeah, something better? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. you were solving a mystery. And oh no! Pseudo <laughs> Widow yeah. gave you an extra encounter with Detective Pikachu. The funny thing is, you didn't even have oh, to read the text. Shoot. If you had just read the part at the top before choosing a Pokemon, it also made it obvious it was Pseudo Widow. Ken, don't talk to me. Stop bullying me. <laughs> but we've been given we've been given though we've been given those enough times where when you choose one, you're just it's like choose one, you'll get an encounter with one of these things probably. Yeah, so everyone just chose was, the one that they wanted. I just choose the one I like, you know. Yeah. And now those three Rowlet was the clear winner for me. So you know, <laughs> but the Sue, story be you, darned. you missed out on a single Detective Pikachu encounter. That's what I'm twenty five. My heart breaks. Yeah, goodness me. No, you still got the experience. You got the oh, 20 did, experience. Did everyone get the 20? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. The, yeah. The, the task was spin a single stop, and I got 25 experience. I thought yeah. it was the funniest single step I'd ever seen in my <laughs> yeah. life. And it makes so much more sense now. Yeah, you were supposed to get a Pikachu, but you uh, didn't solve the mystery. So Detective sorry. Pikachu was disappointed in you. They need to add voice acting. They really need no, to well, add voice acting. You still wouldn't have the game unmuted. <laughs> Let's be real. I want yeah. it to be like AI Microsoft Sam or something just like right. coming out of Willow's mouth. There's a obviously there's a playing with game audio on is a is a is a pretty significant. Uh, it has some advantages in PvP, and I have never ever in a thousand years done it. And some once I was someone to ask me like, why don't you play with like the game sounds on? Like it was like I would literally rather not play the game. Like I don't care if if it means that I miss a fast move every once in a while to not hear Registeels beep boop, beep. <laughs> and I'm happy. Like I, I, I'm just telling you, is there's no way that I it improves my experience. Oh man, and someone has been those... using water gun lantern. I I need the sounds to count because squirt, I squirt, don't squirt, know how many squirt, times. Squirt, 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 I need. That. If I could record my own sounds, you know what I'm into it. But only That'd if I can record my own sounds. Those sounds that they have in them uh, in the in the game are like super compressed, and you can tell. Yeah. And I, yeah. if they were higher quality, simple sounds, I'd be all for it. But they offend my ears a little. They bit. sound they sound very much like your Game Boy 20 years ago would have sounded. Right. Right. right which is there's like a charm to that when but, you hear it once or twice yeah it's like when you hear the pokemon cries yeah. and you're like yeah that's what it sounded like on my game boy color mm -hmm. but it's no longer that like i kind of want my pokemon cries to sound maybe more like a real thing cricket tune just came straight to mind <laughs> i love deli whoop <laughs> Oh, it's great. Um, it wasn't tangible. Was yeah, like geomancy with Xerneas, that fast move, okay. it just does lens flares <laughs> because it's they made it a fast like uh, like a lock on type move, so it yeah. just spams this like circle of light. Yeah, because my phone struggles with this. It's yeah, it's Xerneas's like big like aura move that it uses, and this is like no, yeah. do it again and again. And <laughs> it again. looks like a looks like a high level Final Fantasy spell being cast yeah. over and over yeah. again. Well, like real, in the main series, fast. it takes two turns to use one geomancy. Right. And in Pokemon Go, Half you've turn. probably got to a moonblast <laughs> at that point. Right. 
All right. Well, awesome. Uh, there is a question on here, and I think we actually kind of touched on it a little bit, yeah. but I'm curious to see if you're going to answer it in a different way. Uh, so what type of other content do you do that sets you apart from other people that are similarly in your space? I think you set yourself up in the first place to be rather unique with the sorts of like activities and things and like tying into your local community and dual casting and stuff like that from the get go. But if somebody on the street asks you this and they don't know all of that, mm -hmm. what, what would you say or give an yeah, example, I, mean, I suppose? I, I kind of mentioned the two things. I think they're, they're at this point, there's basically two things that I do on the regular that are still unique in the Pokemon Go space. I think the, the battling stuff at this point, there's so many people battling on Twitch and that community has gotten so big and the available content creators have gotten there's so many of them now, which is fantastic. I love the ability to actually, I don't know, raid somebody when my stream is over without having to be like, mm, there's nobody alive. Um, <laughs> but uh, obviously, Trade Wars has persisted and has become, I mean, as far as I know, really the only regular trading content that occurs with any kind of any kind of, of fun. And then, you know, I I think I'm the only person on the planet who actually cares about that Sightseer badge. And I did make a, a series of videos last summer. Um when I was sort of getting into that badge where what we were doing, the initial premise was like, okay, I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to use the game map and the site and while well, doing sites here. And just, that's how I'm going to do the whole city. So I can only eat at places that are Pokestops. I can only like, and so it was like a whole thing where that was sort of the case. I did some chatting with folks and we realized that, well, that's very funny. It would be better to just make a good travel video than it would be to uh, limit sure. myself, say, to only places that are Pokestops. I still kind of do it, and I will still sometimes like be like, this place is a Pokestop, so rad. Um, but I have kind of gotten away from that limitation. Uh, but I made, I think, six of those last year. Hmm. Um, there's, a, there's three of them here in Seattle. And then I made one in Vancouver, B.C., one in Oakland, California, and one in uh, Germany when I was there for GoFest. Um, and so all of those are there. I do still, I haven't made one in a while, uh, but I still do on platforms um, like, you know, the former Twitter. I will post like daily recaps of, you know, where I go and sightseer days when I'm doing that. So I'll do those in Mexico City um, if I don't get around to making a video while I'm there. Um but generally, you know, it's kind of, those are the things that I, I feel like are, are kind of unique. But ultimately, like, I think there's a still room in the PvP space for there's so many people in that space who are very good. And a lot of a lot of our, our streamers are their claim to fame is essentially that they're really good at the game. That's never really been my claim to fame. Uh, you know, I I do it because it's fun and I like doing it because it's fun. And that difference in ethos, I think, does make a pretty perceivable difference in the kind of things I do, the kind of battles I do, the way that I approach my battles and the way that I I'll still get into try hard mode on occasion. But I think that there's a different relationship between watching someone like me. I You've done more battles than I have this season, Lachlan, like. If you're yeah. at 492 wins on that on that badge, we don't you've talk won about more the fact games. I've done more battles than DeFi either. Yeah, it's you've scary. won more games than I've played this season. Um, because I've I've gotten to that point where I'm playing battles when I like it and mm. I'm happy with it, and when I have to have content, which is a whole other <laughs> element of that that does kind of My put man. pressure on it. Like I need YouTube videos. So I did more sets today than I probably would have because I need some YouTube videos for later this week. So, sure, sure. you know, uh, but at the end of the day, 
what I think you'll find from watching, you know, if you watch me do GBL is that I try and maintain that healthy relationship with it. And if I'm getting tilted, if I'm not having fun, you're going to see me put my phone down and do something else. Like I'm going to go play Scarlet and Violet. I'm going to work on, I've got a shiny living decks that I'm getting close to finishing, or I'm going to you know pick up a different game or we're going to do, I'm going to throw up some lures and we're just going to sit around and chat. Right. Or I'll do some inventory management because you know that's uh, peak content. So Woo! I yeah uh, yeah I I'm at currently max Pokemon storage. So I'm catching and tossing. I think once we wrap up today because it's a spotlight hour tonight and it's a two times dust spotlight. I need at least five hundred space. It's pump kaboo for you and for <laughs> and I don't tomorrow. have that shiny. It's like ah! oh well, then you definitely we need could that. we could catch those double XLs for the showcase. Uh, oh. Oh. oh you mean you mean Smoliv <laughs> showcase. That's yeah. right. Mm. That's what I meant from the get go. Mm. That's right. Return of the soul. Oh, yeah. What I what I really like about what how you kind of wrap that up though, Ken, is that when you talk about diversity in a space, people don't really ever talk about like ideological representation, and that's kind of what this is here. I think you're 100 right that that there's plenty of sweaty content, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know there's there's still space, and you fill the the niche of like hey like i just really want to hang out with people that are interested in pvp i don't have to be doing meta stuff all the time and maybe we'll do other things but like yeah it, it can it can get really really tiring going at 110 percent all the time and you yeah. do see the highly competitive people be like i gotta stop for three weeks because they can't keep yeah them, you know yeah and I, I i do think that that's something that like i i think when we talk about where pvp fits into pokemon go i think right now there's a general perception if you were somebody who doesn't know much about it that the it's basically it's there's no point in to be casually into this that you either need to be like really into it or you need to not touch it and i think that's kind of what we get to people and some people that's true some people are like if i can't figure out how to win at this i'm gonna be mad and i'm not gonna want to play it i know lots of people who are like that but at the same time i think there is plenty of room for players to just have fun with it and if you like a Pokemon play with it and just do the best you can and do the best you can to learn. There's plenty of good rewards functionally just for playing PVP. And I do think that, uh, you know, among the stuff that's in the game, it's among the most interesting and rewarding things we have. I think the gameplay mechanics are simple, but surprisingly complex. You know, I think there's an elegance to the way that it's designed that doesn't, isn't present in most other places in the game. And it's also the only place that like 70% of the stuff in your inventory has any use because frankly, raiding and rocket battles, there's only a handful of Pokemon you actually use for that. PVP is the place that your stuff is useful. It's the place where a Sableye or a a Zoomeril actually is good and you actually can do something with it. And it's so great to have like a purpose for all this stuff that you're keeping. And that's one of my favorite things when talking to VGC people who play Go but don't understand Go at like mm-hmm. a PvP. Like, but why Lickitung? But why Gligar? You don't have mm-hmm. Eviolite. And I'm like, well, <laughs> Gligar gets Earthquake, <laughs> which is currently better than Dig. And they look at yeah, the, the Gligar get sorry, Gligar gets Dig, which is currently better than Earthquake, and they just look at you like, huh? <laughs> but yeah, Earthquake exactly. go boom. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, there's obviously a, a ton of that, but that was like, that was the thing that really caught me initially with, um, with, uh, with PVP was that, cause I, I've always been a bit of a collector. I like having a whole inventory full of nonsense, you know, my 
anyone who's watched me do inventory management on stream knows that I am definitely a little bit type A when it comes to how my stuff is organized. And boy, oh boy, was it super cool to find out that a bunch of this extra stuff that I've kept was actually useful for something that I could actually, you know, when I catch a Pokemon, there's now two or three good outcomes and not just, oh, is it a hundo? Eh. And it feels great. And it's really, really cool to have a feature in the game that actually does take advantage of all of these different uh, Pokemon that we have and gives many of them a place to shine where they didn't shine before. And I love that Niantic as a company is starting to embrace that more, even though it's a smaller faction of their community. We, we see the people who actually watch competitive Pokemon Go is significantly higher than those that participate mm-hmm. in competitive Pokemon mm-hmm. Go. And now that we have tools in game, like the ability to search for 0, 1, 2, 4 attack, it might not be what we want of 0 to 15, but just right. those scales means that during a community day we can do those quick checks for not zero attack transfer 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 right and then deal with the rest later and these quality of life things that they bring in and because of pvp we get more new moves more regularly and moves do Mm -hmm. different things like without pvp i don't think we would have seen moves like trailblaze hit the game this early right so and sometimes those moves end up being handy elsewhere i i I'm pretty confident the reason there's a brutal swing Tyranitar in the game is because they they're like, well, we're already adding moves on a regular schedule and PVP opens the door to stuff like that being, Mm. you know, being a, being a thing. So, you know, I think I've always argued that it's the best and only real end game content they've offered us. It's the only thing in the game that really fits that bill. You can build your own end game in Pokemon go, right? They certainly didn't design Sightseer to be something that anyone would try and do heavily Multiple for a times whole year. Over. <laughs> but because you can sort of choose your own adventure, if you're someone like me and is able to self-guide like that, there's a billion different endgames of Pokemon Go. But and PvP is if- the only one they've really given us explicitly as like, here's a here's a place for you to spend your excess Stardust. Here's a place for you to really like dive in and, and practice your skills. They really have built it out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I don't think we have a comparable feature for PVE content right now. We just don't have something like that yet. Yeah, rest in peace, gyms. Yeah, like gyms aren't anything. And most raid, raid like, bosses raid challenges. same like four Pokemon that you need. Yeah. Yeah, EX raids were that for a while. Yeah. Um, I would love to see some form of raid challenges our raid difficulty where you could like stack up difficulty and yeah. you got a bonus for like, but they that those sort of features just don't, don't exist yet. Or I've, I've always said, you know, collection, like I love, love, loved Pokemon legends, Arceus. And one of the cool things about Pokemon legends was a Pokedex. Wasn't just, did you catch this Pokemon? It was like all this whole list of things that you could do with it to learn about it. You were researching Pokemon. And then, you know, you unlocked basically a bonus for for fully researching a Pokemon. But you could do that, something like that here. And it doesn't have to. Some of those were very, very tedious. It's not a perfect solution. But at the end of the day, for somebody who likes to collect, opening up that kind of end game where you can, like, unlock something cool for your Pokemon by doing a number of research tasks with it would be really cool and would give you a goalpost to move towards whereas at this point like you know completing your pokedex is kind of trivial 
um, if you are somebody who actually really wants to do it. Trading and, trading has functionally yeah. made it trivial. And like with that, they've sort of started to seat that in with the size mechanics in the Pokedex with the mm-hmm. scatterbug where you have to work towards earning the different scatterbugs to get more scatterbugs for the resources to evolve into pavilion you know like they're starting to integrate these things and i know as many people hate having to evolve pormo into pormot adventuring 25 kilometers with that buddy <laughs> is doing something different than just pressing a button and it's done and you yeah. don't interact with the game yeah. anymore and in the main series you did have to run around with it running behind you so at least i'll it's allow on them theme. that it's one. on theme yeah. so be ready for bramble yeah. gas to be the same way uh, we've come a long way since the evolution roulette yeah exactly uh, and, yeah. and there's there's a lot again i think anyone who doesn't think pokemon go has in many ways become a much better game has not remembered 2016 very well yeah the first couple years of pokemon go were bleak there was not very much going on um and i think that while there's still a lot to be desired there's been missteps along the way we have a fully featured game at this point and yes it can be better but honestly you know i think the core gameplay of pokemon go is pretty much where it needs to be to keep people playing indefinitely it's just a matter of how they handle content going forward eventually they're gonna run out of pokemon to release and well, like the, maybe the new not. group play feature, which as we're <laughs> recording this has dropped for me, but hasn't for you two yeah. yet. Um, I have someone who lives nearby me who I was able to test it out with before we started recording and it works. They've actually launched a feature that works. Yes, there are some known issues where it doesn't quite track correctly with Go++ catches and some other niche things where if you're on Android and you turn off location, your friend's still appearing on the map with you. But on a spotlight hour or community day, you can partner up with your team work towards little shared goals that give you extra rewards. And I think that's really cool. And you can compare stats at the end of the sessions. So this is another way of changing the way that we play in a way that doesn't interfere with what we're doing, but just makes it more fun and more collaborative. And, you know, as, as many people in this environment are sort of introverted, I understand that it's hard to go out and play, but this is a really good feature when it comes to getting people to, Uh, go in and you know play together now ken lastly before we move on to our standard questions Mm -hmm. mexico you mentioned it a couple times yeah this episode may or may not be out before mexico but what have you got (laughs) planned what are your hopes what are your goals well i'm not chris Uh, could put this out on christmas day and i'm not going to be bothered maybe maybe i will Mm, (laughs) what's your personal goals for mexico um well let's see personal goals um to eat a lot all the things my man dude (laughs) i mean i'm a food person like i that is my number one goal while traveling anywhere i've never been to mexico city so this is a uh, a first time first country i've never been to mexico actually despite being on the west coast of the u.s and living fairly close uh, i've never been so i'm really excited about just getting to go somewhere new um food obviously personally food that's the thing i most want um as far as in-game, obviously, I have some goals. I mostly want to finish the Sightseer uh, goal for the year. I'm I'm 600-some stops off, which you got should it. be absolutely easy on just the two city safari play days. Basically, you know, if I just simply don't play in the sa- exact same area both days, it should be an easy finish, which will be nice because the fall here in Seattle is not a great sightseer season. Um, it's actually pretty poor for it. 
So if I can lock that in, I can sort of take a break from thinking about it for the rest of the year. And nice. then I'll probably, you know, go into 2024 with a new goal. 50,000. Um, I, to be perfectly honest, I thought about it. You think you could, I if you think in some it. more trips, you probably could, could do it. 25,000. I mean, the, the, the best way to think about this is that, uh, <laughs> I love that in, you smiled when you were saying that. You're just like, you know, you know, <laughs> I've um, spent many hours thinking at, about this. I was at just over 4,000 Pokestops in May of 2021. So that's a year okay. and a half. And I've yep. done close to 25,000. And there's been huge stretches of that time that I haven't done anything. Those have been very heavily loaded on a couple big international trips. Um, 25 i mean you're looking at a lot that's a lot of stops um i think if i had full rain travel if i was really like i'm going somewhere you're you're basically looking at spinning 2000 new stops a month which you could do over a long weekend in a densely dense city yeah right? or backpack through europe for two months and just knock well, it yeah, all that out would, that would do it too if yeah, i well if yeah. i you know there's some there's a small chance that i may may end up relocating to europe at some point in the next couple of years oh in which no case, okay yeah i'll just hop on trains and it'll be fantastic yeah um i don't know what those like, are as an american <laughs> i know they don't exist here um you just the, have those the real answer lines. is <laughs> yeah <laughs> is, this, is this is the second line happening yet Hmm. No, Seattle second line's coming <laughs> soon ish. Um, but 25,000 a year is probably is probably ambitious. I think that would require me to do some stupid things. It's, um, it's a doable, but it would consume you to a yeah, degree. It would, I would yeah. have to be literally everything I did. And it would given that as much as I enjoy it, it's not the core piece of my content right now. Yeah, you're not a sightseer um, trainer exclusively. Not right? yet. Like, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've thought about it. I've thought about it. It's the thing I like. Yeah. Um, and also nobody else is doing it. So like my, my real secret end game goal is I want to pass every legitimate player that I know who on sites here. And I haven't quite done that yet. I, I, I don't have, if, if there's anyone out there who knows who might be the, the top legit sightseer player in the world, I'd be very curious to know as far as my fellow content creators go, there's a couple people still ahead of me. Um, I know that really? uh, trainer club is still ahead of me. Oh, he yeah, travels a lot and, and he goes hard and he goes hard. Um, and Nick? he, uh, Nick is nowhere near. Um, I passed yeah. Nick last year. Um, yeah, I'm just, I know he doesn't play like hard, hard. I just know he travels yeah. a lot. So I thought yeah. maybe I passed Nick and Zoe last year. Nice. Um, passed I passed fleece King well. this year. I passed him Ooh. while we were in New York. Fleece is a big one. Oh, I think I remember you giving him a hard time about oh, it. Oh, I was yeah. giving him a hard time about yeah, it. Yeah, my man. I was, I was harassing <laughs> him about it. Because it's the only thing It's the only thing I've ever, I'll ever passed Fleece King on. It's just um, fun. I know uh, maybe you'll Billy start, shared his number. to start than Fleece. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Billy shared his number, I think, before I went to New York. And it, he was at like 28,000 or something. So I'm wow. almost certain I have not passed him. One, because I'm not even at that number yet, but two, because he'll obviously put up some numbers along the way. Um, but I intend to do that next year. The only person that I I know on the content career side is much, much higher um, is Brandon Tan. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. I know he's in the 30s, if not mid 30s, low 40s. So 
you know, he travels a lot. He plays really hard. Um, so I'm not surprised, but yeah. I don't have an actual number on that. If anyone knows that number, I would love to know what it is. Um, but my guess next year is that uh, something like another 10,000 ish is probably what I will aim for. Um, cause that's more or less what I aim. I think I did 12,000 and change this year. Uh, nice. and that has a ton to do with the fact that I knew I was going to go to Japan and I knew that would be a massive, uh, plus, but something like 10,000 is a much more reasonable number for, you know, uh, the fact that I'll probably take three or four trips max next year. Um, but I would like to, uh, I would like to at some point be able to honestly claim that I have the most of legit players. I It's mm. so hard to yeah. compete with folks who can just pick a city and walk around it all day without having to worry about uh, any of the physicality. Um, sure, sure. And it's really also hard to know necessarily who has that and who doesn't. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that if I, if, if, if people just posted their sightseer number on Twitter, there'd be a lot of very big numbers, but you'd have no idea what's the legit. circumstance. Sure. Yeah. I have an idea of what is possible because of how extensively I've been doing this. Yeah. Um, but the simple answer is that like, I wouldn't know if somebody posted a number with 60,000 at this point, I can't say it's impossible. I would just say it's improbable. Yeah. It requires something very specific special to have happened right i had somebody say that they had like recently had literally taken a trip around the world like they had taken like three months off and done that i'm like makes sense that your number would be quite high if you were playing the game like you you spent an entire year traveling right but it's so hard to know what's legit and what's not in this space because there's just not a there's not a there aren't very many benchmarks because people don't really share it no and like you know xp and and stuff were like the big ones that people were focusing on that had those global spreadsheets so i think mm-hmm. you're right that sightseer is a bit niche well, sightseer was on the tl40 report but people weren't reporting it yeah oh sure that's how that, one of the reasons i know roughly where me. brandon tan is is because he did post a sightseer number at some point and it was a couple years back and it was in like the low 30s is so tl40 like, still around in some uh, way so yeah it's complicated mm. Yeah, okay. the answer well, is it's not really an active, reliable resource for anything at this point. No. As far okay, as I know. gotcha. Um, I think they stopped uh, updating the hurdles for like the national decks. That was a, a yeah. acceptable number. Oh, okay. I remember there was like a month where I'm like, I've just come back from the US. I caught a confey on the way home. My national <laughs> decks is this number. No, you can't have that number. I'm like, here's a screenshot of my game showing my national text is at this number. Please let me put it in. And I just gave up after that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely the the downside to, to caring about something that most people don't really think about or care about is that there isn't... I have to go out of my way to, to get people to give me an idea of where they're at. And so I've asked around. I typically when I when I run into other heavy travelers, I I ask. I want to know where they're at because it gives me an idea. And I I know what big legit numbers look like, um, but I also do not know what the actual ceiling is. So I'm just gonna keep doing it until I am the ceiling. That's right. And at the end of the day, nothing else. Big number go up, and that yeah, would be great. the very best mm-hmm. at yeah, spinning like no one ever was. discs. That only you can see through your phone. I've gone to so many places and seen so many points of interest. Were, were any 
particularly pointy or interested or interesting. Oh, I mean, there's yeah, there's all kinds of fun stuff. Like the, the thing is, is that pretty pointy and interesting. Like, well, so, that's what I was yeah. also thinking of. That's concerning. <laughs> we, we just went but. straight to the head. <laughs> I'm like, I hugged you both at that building. It must be important. That's right. That's right. Not at the same time, so that's still on the checklist, I guess. There you go. I'm uh, pretty sure I pulled uh, Alfie into that group hug. Maybe you did. You just, hey. I think you couldn't see him. It was just a big group hug. <laughs> Pile of trainers at some point in time. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, we do have a standardized question, which we're going to try and ask all of our guests, Ken. And yeah. we're wanting to know, what is your dream Pokemon? This could be like a regional variant, a brand new Pokemon based on some creature, non-living creature, like a computer mouse, a calculator, whatever. Uh, or like a new evolution to an existing Pokemon hmm. with a certain theme to it. So... What would be your desire if you could talk to the people at Creatures Inc.? Dream Pokemon. Uh gosh. I so I I'll give you I'll give you two. I'll give you two things. Ooh. One is just make Love Disc evolve into uh a Lola, a Lola please. Even if it's like yeah. a regional variant, just like close the next that gap, generation. Please. Yeah, it's like right. the the Americana region yep. and in americana just, love disc evolves into americana <laughs> alomola yeah yeah <laughs> just 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 close that gap um as far as like new pokemon go i mean obviously there's so much well trod like stuff i uh, one i the one i'd be really interested in is i i really like regional variants and i've always really enjoyed how they've been doing those i'd like to see them regional afi hoa and lugia oh. but give them the actual types that i they should come with so it would be fire fairy for hoa and like um uh water psychic for lugia or something like that like I, lugia I, i'm open to this one i just want a fire fairy regional hoa i think that would be rad no we got to fight for the water type in on lugia because he's like master of the ocean yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah it should be water i just don't know if it should be water flying or water psychic i'm leaning to them yeah. both losing their flying type yeah i think water psychic is strong because that was my complaint with the galler birds is they kept the flying type which I think was the wrong type to keep. I think they should have kept the non-flying type. Yep. And made them made them fighting electric, fire, dark, dark fire. and uh, <laughs> ice. It would have been uh, ice psychic, I guess. Yeah. That would have been sweet. And that, uh, that would be cool. That makes that makes sense though too. And then the workaround for fairy for Ho is that fairies generally can fly even without using their wings, right? Yeah. Just kind of. Yeah. And then for psychic, you just levitate. I mean, look at the movie. Lugia flaps its head, its big arms, but they're really. Yeah, not they're not really they're not really that. wings yeah. they're, they're fingers they have fingers yeah. those, are, finger those are arms yeah. they're gloves they're arms in gloves but it's like a, a bad wingsuit yeah so i'm with you those are really good those answers are, those would be those would be those would be high on my list i'd be really excited about those so for your context uh the last guest we had on cricket uh her request was a pikachu <laughs> in a costume Brave so, costume with a unicorn headband. Yeah, I, I, I'll give this one. To, we talked about this on stream. I'll give this one to Niantic Free though. We should do a Pikachu Community Day Classic. It should, it should yeah. come. Yeah, Surf yeah. Pikachu Community Day Classic, but it evolves into Alolan Raichu. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I'm here for that. <laughs> so we could okay. run that back, but give us a one day yeah. uh, Alolan Raichu evolve event. I think In that all... would be. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all previous costumed Pikachus right. and two kilometer eggs. 
<laughs> I want that. That, that, that lightning that bolt would be Pikachu. Funny. <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny. Super cool because like yeah. some of those are really rare. Yeah. You know, so yeah. You just hatch a Pikachu with balloons out of an egg. <laughs> How did this happen? Hey, if Whelmer can fit in that egg, anything is possible. <laughs> Anything's possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> Um, all right. So actually starting starting with the last episode, Cricket introduced this really great idea of also um, having our guests, if they'd like to pose a question to us at the end. Sure. So got sure. one. Yeah, I have a question for you. I think we're all I think we're all wondering this. It's it's more of a general state of Pokemon Go question as opposed to uh, uh, a real personal one. But okay. what exactly needs to happen for them to actually release Galar Pokemon? <laughs> like what what dark ritual do need, uh, we need to in, to enact what who needs to be sacrificed what's the what's what's the gate that got closed where all these galar pokemon are chilling because i want my boy cramorant and yeah. right now it's not looking Cram. like it's happening anytime soon yeah you're in you're in good company with the cramorant wanting for sure i mean i think the real answer is when they stop having things they need to, uh, to uh cross promote <laughs> for sure um but you you coming from a marketing background of course that's obviously the answer I'm, but at I'm the same time the yeah like, the next go fest should be the, the festival of go galar <laughs> wouldn't it be amazing if the next tour was actually galar tour and they just like <laughs> pulled the rug out from underneath us and skipped because like, no one wants it nobody wants it all right ken thank you so much for joining us it has been an absolute blast um and just let's remind listeners, um, obviously, who have been seeing your face on YouTube and Spotify. And if you haven't been watching it on YouTube and Spotify, here's a reminder that you can watch this on YouTube and Spotify. Um, but if they want to see more of your beautiful face and more of your beautiful voice, where can they find you again? Uh, yeah, so primarily you'll find me over on the uh, twitch.tv's um, username there, like on every platform is Alfindial. And spellings um, in the title of this episode if you need yes. to help with that. Because mm-hmm. I because I I'm an idiot and I picked a name that I had to spell every time I uh plugged my things. I have um, to spell Lachlan maintain... to people, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly would struggle a little bit. I think there's a like the last vowel I would I wouldn't be a hundred percent on, um unfortunately, but you know, yeah, it is what it is. What it is. Um, I do I do keep a pretty regular upload schedule on YouTube as well. Um, if you can't catch the stream live, uh, I do stream basically U.S. Pacific time afternoons almost every weekday. Um, and you can also find, you know, I talked about the sites here, videos and stuff. There's a playlist of those on on uh, YouTube as well. Those are honestly the most fun I've had recording videos in a long time. So if that if you like food and Pokemon, the intersection is probably more food than pokemon to say the least but um they're there it's i always liked it i always like always fun when somebody finds one of those videos and is like i liked this i'm like yay it wasn't all it didn't all <laughs> i go watched to waste. all of them <laughs> i we get a medal the number that? of people I, I i'll send you one <laughs> you get a platinum badge you watched all six of these videos you also get to watch me learn how to shoot and edit uh videos in real time because mm. like I literally the first video I made, it's pretty clear it's the first time I've ever done this. And by like video four, it's like, oh, you actually kind of figured out how to make these. Yeah. Like video two has like a whole segment of it that's weird because I accidentally recorded it in double speed. Um, 
So like there's whole segments of me walking around that's like, you are walking fast, homie. It's like, mm, no, I'm not. I'm not. No. <laughs> it, it has a it has a button where it if you hold the thing, it records faster. I don't know. Mistakes were made. Um, oh jeez. But they were but really if, they were really fun to make. But if people want to check that out, they can check that out on your YouTube channel. Yep. And then you're also on Twitch, like we were talking about before. Yep. I'll find you all pretty much anywhere, just like you yep. said. Anywhere, yeah. anywhere right. you want to find me. I don't typically uh, I'm I just am too old for some of these platforms that I'm on. <laughs> and TikTok I just don't moves real them. fast, man. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok is real confusing TikTok to me. TikTok moves real fast, As man. the youngest of the three of us, TikTok is too young for me. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I understand the, right value, the value of it from a content creator standpoint, but from a human being who has to make content, I, I cut some stuff and put some stuff up there, but just wasn't, I wasn't really feeling it. And, uh, you know, ultimately, a lot of these platforms, I've just decided like, hey, I I will do what I can. But I also came out of professional marketing where I was living on social media before this. And it was my least favorite part of that job. And it kind of remains my least favorite part of this job. Like, I just don't I don't do well with that much information. I know I'm susceptible to doom scrolling and, and just getting like falling into those traps so i try and avoid it as best i can well good on you fighting the good fight every day that most of us should be fighting but probably aren't <laughs> <hurt. laughs> all right well uh we'll have all the links to all of your good stuff in the show notes um so i this is a good time as any to say thank you again very very much for joining us uh on here ken alfindale we really appreciate Alfie. you and your time all right okay see y'all later thanks for listening hey guys bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.